Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of Third Shift. It is episode 307, and of course, with you today is me, is me and I, the Mr. Eric, and oh, I'll tell you what, he's here. I think he's doing some little motions in the background. He's got the motion blur going. I don't know what's happening, but he's here today to talk about some games, talk about life. It's the inglorious bastard himself. It's Mr. Matt. And Mr. Matt, as we do, before we get into any of the things, you gotta tell me how the week went, because I don't know. I really don't know how your week went this week. Not even a simple little piece of it, because I've been on vacation since the last time we did a show. And now we're here. How'd it go, Matt? Uh, well, it was a weird week, because I feel like it was a good week, but also the last couple days have been a horrible week, so... Hey, it was probably just an in-between week, and then by the time I end up finishing talking about the week, I'll end it on a high note, and I'll go, hey, wow, what a great week it was. So prepare yourselves, ladies and gents, because that's always how it happens. But this week, I didn't do anything in the real world. I did absolutely nothing. No shows, no movies, no nothing. Just, I just existed. But the one thing I did do is I got, I don't know why, I don't know how, I mean, I do, but not really. I just, I guess I decided to get into esports. Because I talked last week about watching the League European Championships. So I did that again over the weekend because it's like every weekend they have two days worth of games. So a couple matches for each team. And they, they said right as they signed off, hey, switch over to LCS and watch the North American stuff. Switched over, watch that. All right, cool. What am I going to do the next day, though, before that comes on? I, you know, I watch League. I used to play League all the time back in the day. It's something I am always interested in and always love. What's another game... That we've always been interested in and always loved, Eric, and is going to come back and we need to know more about before we play it again. Well, oh, it's, we it's Overwatch. It yeah. uh-huh. So I went, well, I've been watching League on Twitch. Surely Overwatch League has to be on Twitch. It's not on Twitch anywhere. The last broadcast is from a year ago. Oh, it's because they're on YouTube. Go on Overwatch League, watch it on YouTube. It's cool. I will say I, I enjoy it because it's Overwatch and we like Overwatch and watching cool Overwatch plays is cool. But uh, watching fast-paced uh, mouse and keyboard first-person shooting from that player's perspective, it is the craziest damn thing I've ever seen. Like, League is top-down. You see champions moving about. Maybe you don't know the champions. Maybe you don't know the moves. But you can understand what's happening. You see things. You see health bars going chunk, chunk, chunk. When you see these people waggling their mouses and, oh, man, he got a critical hit. Well, he did the thing. It was, I, can't even, I, can't even, I can't even see what's going on. I don't even know what's happening. The casters do a great job explaining it. And I can when they do like a far out shot of like the point, I can see stuff happening. It's so crazy, though. But it is still fun. I have been watching a lot of it. And, you know, League of Legends and Overwatch League and the thing I'm going to talk about even after this you just start watching. I don't know any of these teams. I don't know any players. I've never watched any of them that much. Don't really care about them. You start watching, and it's like, you know, it's like you're watching March Madness. Like I don't know these two teams, but after five minutes, I kind of like those guys though. Uh-huh. I hope they win. Oh, look at them go! Oh, they did it! Or oh, look at them go! They're gonna do it! Oh, but the other team got them in the end. Oh. it's just like, just like watching a real sport, and it's a ton of fun. And I went, okay, I'm gonna parlay the success. Into something else, because League of Legends had nothing going on. Overwatch League had nothing going on. What's another esports popular with the kids? Fortnite? Valorant. Oh, Valorant. No, no. Valorant. And I went, okay. I know League of Legends. I can watch that very expertly. I know Overwatch. Watching that is hard. I don't know anything about Valorant. The stuff I have seen, I can't parse it at all. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know champions. I know, I know there's champions and powers, but I have no idea what anything is. Oh, like the like the the World Masters is going on in Copenhagen. Let me watch that. Obviously, there are different modes of Valorant. They're playing like the Counter-Strike mode, essentially. like Not one-hit kills, but basically that's what Counter-Strike is. Mm-hmm. I started watching it. I was like, oh. Watching people die after like two bullets. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Pixel hunting, you know, on the screen and pew, shoot him from across the map and he's dead. Whew, I don't like that. Then five minutes later, I went, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of starting to enjoy watching this. Oh, look at that. Look at that team. 
They're down two games to one right now. And so if they get the third game, these guys are out. Come on, team. Go, guys. And then they start picking it up. And then they won that match. And then they go in to the fifth and final match. And then it's back and forth and back and forth, up and down. The commentators are losing their mind. And I'm losing my mind. It was crazy. So I went, man, I, I've never had an interest in esports other than league. But just watching a little variety of them, I kind of got into it. It was kind of fun. I can see the appeal. Maybe I'll be in the stadium wearing like a replica jersey and like slamming the little thunder sticks together, the inflatable things, and going boop, 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 boop. I don't know. That was a ton of fun. Speaking of a ton of fun, I also got back into playing some triangle strategy this weekend and over the week. Not as much as I wanted to, but a little bit more and just getting that taste of just mm, tactics just dripping into my mouth, a little dropper. Mm, delicious wonderfulness. I played a little bit more of Persona 3 Portable also and... Finding out what you said, because I'm like a week behind you, essentially. If it's just like, nothing's going on. And you're just going around. And the first block got removed. And I fought a guy, and it wasn't hard at all. And now, go on up to the next block. Okay, but like you just said, what are we doing here? What's going on? I don't know. And I don't really like any of the characters. I don't really care about my social link people, like we've talked about. Hmm... I had one of those moments. I just looked at the screen, and Kenji was like, let's hang out after school. And I was looking at his dumb face and just going, I don't know if I want to play this anymore. And I haven't played it since, but not because I went, I'm never going to play this anymore. Mm -hmm. I finished out the day and saved it, and I went, okay, I just need a break maybe, Uh, something. Because the combat's still fun. Doing that, you know, fusing personas is always fun. But I was just like, man, whew, I don't know. I don't think I've played anything else. Obviously, I play Animal Crossing every day. That's a little bit of fun. But I think that's it. It was an interesting week, though. Watching cool stuff. I'm a new cool monitor setup. Obviously, I watched some G1 matches. That's still going on. That's awesome. But it was a good week because I did all those good things. Aside from Persona 3, which made me a little bit sad. Everything else was great. So how about you, Eric? Tell me about your great week. Well, uh, as I said, man, we just went on vacation. And uh, we went down to my sister and brother-in-law's in Ohio to visit them. So I went to King's Island pretty much every day. Every morning I woke up about, well, I woke up about 7, 7.20, drank coffee, got around. By 9 a.m., I'm leaving. I'm going to King's Island. One day I take one daughter. The next day I take the other daughter. The next day I just go by myself. The next day I just go again. I rode a billion coasters. I did a billion things. And then the best part is we have the meal plan. So every day I'm just mosing about, hmm, what what do I want to eat today? What do I want to eat today? Ooh, do I want chicken? Do I want barbecue? What do I want? Do I want some Panda Express? Do I want Chick-fil-A? Do I... it, it goes on and on. Anything I want is all there. So I'm just over here getting food, popping it in my little canisters, dragging it back home. Here, my children, here's food. <laughs> it was it was glorious. It was a good time. And then besides going to Kings Island, we also went to the, uh, was it Cincinnati Zoo? Cincinnati Zoo while we were down there. So I was having a good time there. Found out that uh, apparently the sisters' family, they, they're not big zoo people. So they're, they're kind of just moping around, you know, waiting for it to be over. And I'm like, well... You might as well enjoy it. You already paid to get in. Look at the animals. Have a good time. How can you not be a zoo person? Look at this amazing thing from across the world. Look at it. Yeah. It's right here. There How it cool. Is. I've always read about these things. Look, there's one. It's neat. They even had those giant uh, vegetable bats in one of the dark houses. So there's these bats that are like almost half the size of me hanging there, flying around, doing whatever. I'm like, I can just sit here and watch these for like an hour. Yeah, this is, this is something I'm never going to see. I'm never going to see these giant bats that are able to probably carry me away. That's not going to happen. Here I am, though, getting a look at them, watch them do their thing. It was nice. And then they also had uh, a rhino, some rhinos, but the rhinos weren't very active. It was pretty hot, so a lot of the animals they were out, but they were just kind of like chilling there. Basking and just yes, hanging out. just existing. And that was one of their complaints. Is, oh, most time we cover, they're just laying there. Oh, it's boring. And I'm like, well, I mean... Yeah, no, you still get to see them, but I get your point. But what else are they going to do anyway? It's not like they're going to run around and amuse you. They're just existing, waiting for their next meal, going to the bathroom, stuff like that. Plus, they had a big old penguin thing, so you got to see all the penguins, you know, 
going around swimming all over the place. Like I say, those are always doing stuff. Like, uh-huh. You get penguins, you get otters. Otters are always oh, yeah. fly, flying and sliding and swimming and dipping and dodging and ducking. Uh-huh. And then they had manatees. So you've seen these gigantic manatees. They're just floating around doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And hippopotamuses. They had hippopotamus ones. So you're seeing these hippopotamuses nice. under the water. And then we got lucky enough when we came up, two of them came up, and they started bleating to each other. So it's like, Awesome. I'm like, this, you don't, you're not going to see it. When are you going to see a hippopotamus, huh? Where's the last hippopotamus in Michigan you saw? And if you do see a hippopotamus, you're pretty much going to be dead. Yeah. Because they're notoriously deadly deadly and, creatures. Yes, me. They don't want you around them. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it was a good time. We had fun there. What else did we do? Well, we had a 4th of July show. Obviously, 4th of July is long gone, but this is the only time we could finally get together. So we blew up about a thousand bucks worth of fireworks, and it was beautiful. It was glorious. Had so much fun with it. I got to get the video that was recorded of it, actually, so I can see it again. Because obviously, from my perspective, I'm underneath everything, and there's falling ash and fire and a couple exploding fireworks. Like, you know, you just always have to deal with that. So different. A lot of fun, but a different perspective. I'd like to see the show from what everybody else got to see as well. So hopefully I could do that soon. And then, of course, one night at King's Island, they had their big, well, they do it every weekend in July, but their fireworks show. So they're doing fireworks. They're doing drones where they send these drones. And they're just like doing all sorts of cool images. And then they got the narrator going. And then the whole city's got like laser lights and things going off the whole time. Super impressive. Just a good time. You know, so I had fun there. Definitely wanting to come home by the end, though. I like it. You know, I just like being home sometimes. So it was definitely a little bit much at the end. I'm like, okay, I just want to go sit at home and do nothing. Can I do that? Yes, please, 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 please. But either way, had a good time. Got here. Then, of course, was playing a couple video games. Horizon Forbidden West, one of them. Uh, Marching along. As I said, I got used to it all again, so I'm over that. I still find that it's a little just overtaxing there's like just so much you know you pull up the map and there's just question marks everywhere quests to do everywhere hunting things lodges you know all this it's everywhere i look there's something i could be doing or should be doing or whatever the case is uh it just i'm just like ah man i kind of just want to do the quests i kind of just want to go do the missions but i know if I go do this cauldron, I unlock the ability to control these animals. I'm going to get all sorts of skill points, which is going to make me even more bad man pajama, and I want that. So then I start doing them. But then after a while, I'm like, I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels, you know, just going nowhere, even though I'm not, because I am getting, like I said, the skill points and stuff. But I don't know. I, I, I love the game. It's a great game. Definitely going to finish it. But it's, it's in that cycle right now where I'm like don't really want to just sit here and go through every question mark like I did in the original. I don't know what got me in the original where I was just excited to do every single one of those. This time it's just not happening. The magic there isn't, it just isn't clicking. And I'm like, no, no, I just, I just want to go do the mission, see what the hell's going on here and finish this story up and have a good time with it. So we'll see how it goes. Still rocking it though. And then Matt, last but not least, Stray. I thought to myself, I said, well, we got to get this game. You know, it's free, so I might as well download it and play it. And uh, I'm no Matt's going to play it. It's an animal game right up his alley. We're going to have ourselves a little review. Hell, this might even take up like a quarter of the show. It's going to be great. We'll have fun with it. So I played that whole game. Played the whole, And by whole game, I mean like five hours. Played it, beat it. Even got a lot of the trophies. Didn't platinum it, but did a lot of the stuff, you know, did as much as I could. Had a good time. What a wonderful game that game is. I'll say this, Matt. It reminds me a little bit, not a bunch, but there was enough taste of Shadowgate and Uninvited in there that I went, they could they, they could do this again. They could get a game like Shadowgate and Uninvited back again by morphing it a little bit into the, what Stray is, but keep it more like what Uninvited and Shadowgate were. You're getting items, you're picking up things. It's not immediately apparent what it's used for, you know, so that you got to go around and figure out yourself. That's more of the puzzle side of things. Stray had items you got along the way, but it was always pretty apparent or quickly apparent as to what that item was going to be used for. 
So even if you went ahead of the game and got a knitted sweater and you don't even know, no one said you needed it, you knew within 15 minutes someone was going to go, I need a knitted sweater if I'm going to go ahead and go out in that cold yard over there and, and get your ball for you. Oh, look, I happen to have already picked it up because I just did the thing where I threw the thing and the lady walked away and I stole the sweater. I don't know why I did it. I just did it because it allowed me to do it. But now it makes sense because you need this sweater. So Stray does a lot of that. You're going to see that a bunch while you're playing that game. But like I said, if you did that on a much larger scale where you're just collecting things and some of them will never be useful at all, but that's for you, the player, to decide. And, of course, take it out of the cat environment and get it just into some cool, weird stuff like you know, all those old-school shadow gates and her uninvited. I could see it come back. And it made me happy. It put a smile on my heart. And I said, I can't wait. I can't wait. Me and Matt will talk about Stray. We're going to have a good time. He didn't play it. He didn't do it. He didn't play the damn game. And he said, someday he's gonna. And now it's a game that we'll never review or talk about in mass because it's this is this tradition. It's tradition at this point. I'm having a good time just from the thought of that. I was just thinking, man, you know, it's a game Eric wants me to play. It's a game Eric says I should play. Maybe I should never play it, just you like should. certain other games. You should. you should definitely play that. Nah, I think I'll just pass on it. A game I'm going to talk about later in one of the reviews of it, they compare it to that game which will which shall not be played. That's what we'll call it from now on, the game that shall never be played. Perfect. I can't wait. It's great. It's a bit. Don't it is. Me. It is a bit. It's a sad bit, though, because we can never actually talk about any game ever because Matt swears he's going to play these games that he never will, but maybe someday will, and vice versa. So, I mean, th- that is a someday game, but the only way to play it for free was to sign up for the free trial of PlayStation Extra, which if I sign up for it, I'll forget to cancel it by the end of the doodad. And blah, 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 so. Well, then you just be part of the, the PlayStation Plus club, whatever it's I'll called. I'll need another one, though. We've had this conversation a million times before. <laughs> I, then, that is a game I am, I am going to play fairly shortly, but I was also... Not at home a lot. No, not back home. It'll it'll scratch like a cat, like scratch. It's way back into my into my <laughs> mental recesses, and I'm like, okay, I'll play a cat game. I'm a nice new monitor. Yeah. Well, you'll get there. But uh, real briefly, I'll just let everybody know that the game's short. It's not that difficult, and it's very pretty. The game's just pretty. Like, like the environment, that cool, just kind of fallen earth dystopia type thing. But these robots who are just trying their best to be humans, you know, or what they think is what humans would want, would want to be, or would it's really cool. It comes together really well, and then this the, the whole arc of it and how you get to where you're going, finish up everything. I don't know. It just all came to, it came together really nice. And every time I logged off, I was happy to play again. You know what I mean? Like it didn't have the hook where like I was dying to play again. But I was happy. Every time I turned that game back on, I went, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll spend another couple hours doing this. And like I said, three nights in, beat it. It's just a good game. And it just, like I said, it just has that spark of what those old school, you know, go through the scenes, go through the environments, find things, and then figure out what they could be used for and get through the secrets, get through the, you know, the actual storylines. I hope somebody takes this. And I hope it's successful, and I hope they can put something that's even harder, more challenging, and bigger on a bigger scale together in the future, because I would totally eat it up. And I was going to say, that's one of the things I'm most excited about for it, because just watching some reviews of it when I talked about it last week, you could see, you know, like, hey, here's the way to go to this thing, but you could also go up here, and here's a little, like, extra big jump that you don't didn't really know you could do, but you see the little little jump prompt and up you go and around here and a couple of reviews were talking about you know so many routes to get to where you're going i'm like that's the stuff i love i love exploring you know me rpgs oh, well i gotta explore this way even though i'm supposed to go that way i'm supposed i'm gonna go all over here up and down and left and right around the corner and every single where uh-huh. so knowing that there are things you can find out there hey, that will- you can find the badges the memories all that stuff you can go about getting all that and you don't have to do most of it but it's there, and if you do find it, you get some really cool just tidbits of information. And then with the badges, it's just like fun, cool things that, like you said, you didn't have to do and aren't part of anything. But if you take the time to do it and mess with all the little things, it's just a fun little 
boop, I got this badge. Look mm-hmm. at me. I'm cool because I did this off the beaten path weird thing where I had to drop this bucket into here, do this thing, blah, 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 blah. It's a lot of fun. And it didn't feel like you had to. And that was the best part of it. I didn't feel like obligated to go and try to find all that stuff. This felt like a nice plus. So my release for this week, it's tied into Stray because it came out the same time that Stray did. And it kind of got overshadowed by a little bit. This is a game that I was debating whether last week to talk about Stray or talk about this. But Stray is kind of a, not in a bad way, but a meme game because it's the cat game and everybody loves it. But this week I'm talking about, as maybe I should have last week also, As Dusk Falls, which came out on the 19th, developed by Interior Night, published by Xbox Game Studios. It's launched for Xbox and PC. And it's a Matt special. This is a game I can't talk too much about because I am absolutely going to play this. Because this is a narrative adventure game where you follow a whole bunch of characters, a whole group of characters. I think there's like a couple different families, and something happens. Obviously, in all the reviews and all the the trailers of the game, there's kind of a, like a botched robbery that happens inside this drive-up motel, kind of in a sleepy Arizona town. And then something happens there, and then the consequences of that ripple out into like a decade later. All the other characters, you're kind of living through their lives and the consequences of what happened. And from everything I've seen, this game is, it, it, it's got everything that I love in these kind of games. I mean, it's kind of like a telltale game where you're playing along and then there's a dialogue choice. Choose your options. Or you make a big choice of, you know, if there's a, a robbery going on, do you fight off? Do you try and fight off the robbers? Do you try and protect your family? Do you do this and that? But the thing that every review that I've, watched or read have said about this game is all of the little decisions that you make or at least many of the little decisions do come back like hours later down the road like in some form or fashion maybe they don't change the game completely although there are ones that do that you can have characters die early you can have them survive until later where they can tell you a big secret about what's been going on but even the stuff like a little white lie that you tell maybe to the cop that's walking in the station That will come back to you later, especially, I mean, if you don't remember it, maybe you answer him wrong in a later scene and now he's all bent out of shape. I don't know for sure because I'm not spoiling it for myself, but everybody said the story, the choices, every little thing that you can do, it has some kind of ramification, which is awesome. And from what I've seen, there's a whole big flowchart. So there's all kinds of different ways you can progress the story, like Nobody's gone into details, but some of the reviews, it literally tracks from the start of one scene to the other, and the flowchart is just all over the place. It's splitting and branching off so many different ways and so many different aspects and things you can choose. So if you love story games, you should definitely play this, and it's free on Game Pass, so you should play it for sure, for sure, if you have Game Pass. I will say the only thing about it that might put some people off, and it is weird when you first see it, it's kind of like a motion comic art style. But it's also, when I think motion comic, I think of like the Metal Gear Solid motion comic, which was literally like comic panels and speech bubbles would pop up. This is all voice acted. There's no speech bubbles. But it's like kind of still frames of characters. And like if somebody's like running to the door, there'll be a still frame of him ready to go. And then like, it'd be like if you were like blinking really slowly, maybe there'd be a shot of him like halfway there and then a shot of him there. So it's 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 kind of a strange visual style, but then there's some scenes where the character's leaning out the car window and you see your hair blowing in the wind. So it's not all static, but it's not all motion. It's it, it's it's really unique looking. It's got a weird like kind of artistic filter over top of it. But if you get past that, if that is a problem for you, the voice acting's really good, the story's really good, the music's really good, everything about it is really good. And narrative stuff, you know I love that. This is going to be 100% a game that I'm going to play. Probably going to play it pretty soon just because I love choices and I love narratives. And I love if I make one choice here, that comes back either to bite me or just as a reference later on. I love that kind of stuff. And then to, like I said before, see that big flow chart where there are only like five different outcomes to the scene, but it can play out in 15 different ways depending on the choices you make all throughout. That's phenomenal. Everybody's been saying it's a great time, and if you, especially if you love story and you love narrative stuff, this is going to be up your alley. It's up mine. Maybe it's up yours. That's a horrible way to sell it. 
but it's up yours. People should check out As Dusk Falls. If you if you see the visuals and you kind of go, what's going on here? Put in a little bit to it. See if you fall in love with those characters. Check it out. Well, if you want a narrative, Matt, you got to come on over here to my game, all right? Monolith is putting out a brand new Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Come on, Matt. There's too many games coming out again already, Eric. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Jump in real quick. I saw it got like a 10 out of 10 on a review mm-hmm. site that we both look at. And I went, I'm going to have to get that when it comes out. And <laughs> here it is. Well, in the middle of Stray and As Ducks Falls. Here's Xenoblade Chronicle Stream. Right around the corner. Still trying right to do Chronicle Stream. <sighs> hey, Soul Hackers 2 is out in a few weeks. Ah! <laughs> and this this is my biggest problem. I wanted to do Triangle Strategy still. Mm. That hasn't even been touched. I still got a million games to finish up. Soul Hackers 2 is the def- definitive gonna get. Uh-huh. That comes out in three, four weeks. And then here we are with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I've already talked. I've got two. I've played through God knows how many hours. I've never beat it, though, because it was just extremely challenging and annoying. And I got lost a bunch. But guess what, everybody? Part 3 solves that. All right? Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It's a giant open-world RPG. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. The characters are all very fun. There are lots of plot twists, lots of lighthearted fun stuff, lots of serious stuff. This is a JRPG, and it has a lot of the tropes that you could imagine that it's going to have. The battle system in this is where it's at, all right? The battle system is super engaging, super crazy. involves you really learning how to piece together your skills and then chain-linking combos and doing all sorts of stuff with your characters. Previously, you only played as one character, and then the others just kind of did what you told them to do, etc. This one, however, you can change between characters in combat. So you can manually just do this and that and do anything you want to do. And, of course, it's an act of time, which I, I, I wish it was just a standard you know, old school, but whatever. It's still fantastic. It's still great. You'll be active time battling. And then while you're doing that, like I said, now you could manually go over and if this character just isn't doing what you need him to do, which pissed me off a lot in part two, where a character's just getting completely smoked and there's nothing I can do about it. Now I can go over and go, no, dumb, dumb, and then just move them manually, do something else, do some heals, whatever it is I need to do to get them out of the scenario that's getting them completely slaughtered. And then I can switch back to whoever I want to be on my main and roll through that. So kind of like Dragon Age or Mass Effect yes. style where you can just yes. pop over and then, oh, of course, ah, correct. man. Yes. So ah, they that's cool. And then, oh, it's not even the best part. I got lost all the time. I'd forget what the hell I'm doing in Xenoblade Chronicles. Because it's, like I said, it's a huge, beautiful open world RPG. So you can just go get lost and farm for days and then completely forget what you're doing. This time, they went, okay, we're going to help you even more. Here's your quest, right? Yeah, I don't know where it's at or what's going on. Push this button. Bloop. A line goes on the map and shows you on the ground and you just follow the line and it takes you straight to whatever quest you wanted to go to. So you can be the dumbest son of a gun in the world and you just push the button and follow the yellow line on the map. Well, and not even on the map. Like I said, it's on actually the ground. Follow the yellow line, just like in old Dead Space, and it's going to take you straight to that quest, and away you go to the next part of the game. Oh, chef's kiss, Matt. Wonderful, fun JRPG typical characters trying to save the world. Two continents battling it out to the death, utilizing dead bodies as energy. Like, that's crazy. That's really fun, really cool concept. And it, they said they use that a lot in the story and how it comes to fruition. And, of course, the emotions and the things that does to people and the characters. And knowing that the heads of the, all these continents don't care because you're just more energy for them to keep fueling the battle. So what that does to you and how you, how you react and how you live through that. All this stuff's in this game. And I just want to be all about it. But you need 120 minimum hours if you want to just dive into this wonderful game. So you better be ready because Monolith is bringing it. It's on Nintendo Switch as of July 29th, ready to rock and roll. And I want to be there. Oh, so bad. I want to be there too, which sucks because I was just thinking, because I was listening to something which will come up for Shifter Multi-Topic members in, in a couple days when we do it. I was listening to old New Year's resolutions about not buying new games and just finishing up the ones that I'm playing. And I went, man, I should start doing that again because I'm starting to get a big backlog again. Oh, here's a million-hour game that would also just have to get thrown in the backlog, but I do want to get it and I do want to play it. (sighs) Ah, And there's more games coming up. Mm -hmm. (sighs) 
But yeah, seeing that, I mean, obviously, we've talked about it before. I've always wanted to get into Xenoblade Chronicles because they always say all of them have been great. They did a remastered version of one, and two was mm-hmm. not that long ago. Now three's here, and it's getting awesome scores. And gosh, just, I want to be in RPG heaven, but there's so much going on right now. It's it's too much. It's so much. It's too much. There's too many games, and then 120 hours. We both know what that means. But I want it. I want it so bad. And I finally got the Switch all you know, situated in my, my, my little dome here. Mm-hmm. So I can play it on the big screen like I do all my other video games. And that makes all the difference. Because for me, handheld, hour in, and I'm like, ah, my arms are tired. I don't want to hold this stupid thing up no more. And so I want to give up. But if I can just sit here in my comfy chair and just have it on the big screen monitor and just play till I'm tired and want to go to sleep, it's, it's possible. It's doable. Mm. Maybe maybe this will be it. <sighs> maybe. It's, if, if this is it, and I do get it, then that's where the resolution has to come into. Uh, other yeah. than pre-orders that are already established, I can't do anything else. And then quit for the rest of the year. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, speaking of being in your bubble, in your dome, PSVR, Matt... They said, hey, here's a little bit more information. And this is nothing new. So don't, you know, don't go, oh man, wow. Other VR units have already done this, but I like it. I'm still excited because the more the different, you know, VR companies come together and put their ideas into one big ball, the better off VR is going to be and the faster it's going to be better off and ready for everybody to get into for sure. Yeah, as long as it's not like, oh, this VR headset does X, but this VR headset does Y. They'll have similar capabilities, even if they're running on different platforms, especially since most of them are in the PC space, then you can have those experiences shared across each one. But what we're talking about is the PlayStation blog talking all about PlayStation VR 2. And I was a little bit sad that there wasn't video on this one because I wanted to see some games. I wanted to see some gameplay. I wanted to see some this and that. But it was kind of just a, a text and pictures. But they were talking about how, for one... You can use the, the cameras that are on the front of the headset, which you know track your motion and do all the stuff. You can now use those to basically use a transparency mode. You hit a button on your headset, and now you see through to the actual real-world room, which I know for you has got to be a game-changer because you are the most paranoid person I know. Very true. I am the second <laughs> most paranoid person that I know. <laughs> So when I when you know somebody on the other side of the wall goes clatter clatter clump, I'll be able to go boop. That wasn't in my house. Bloop. Oh, I got back in the game doing the thing. <laughs> it's the same for me. It is indeed an actual game changer. I hate not being aware of what's going on in the real world. And I've, we've talked about this, I think, on our Dreamscape episodes before where I wanted a VR that I could at any moment just boop and see an image in a corner of what's actually going on in the real world around me. Even in the in the futuristic VR where I just live there and never come out again. I still want that function. I still want to see the outside of the tube so nobody's <laughs> nobody's drawing things, yeah, drawing fogging up the things. glass and drawing certain things on my tube. Exactly. Yeah. We can't have that. Not 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 tolerable, not professional, not in my life. All right? And this is that. This is that in a smaller scale. I don't got to take the headset off. And for me, it's also a big deal because I wear glasses and stuff. So if I take the headset off, it's more than just flop it back on real quick. It's, oh, now look, I, my glasses are crooked. I got to take it all the way off. I got to put it all the way back on real carefully, adjust it to make sure the glasses aren't pushing up against anything and hurting me or screwing with the, the, the image itself. It's a whole ordeal. It's, it's, real, it's a real problem. And this quick and easy one, boom, now that's gone. I can just click the button, look around. Okay, you know, like you said, nobody's there. Don't got to worry about it. So kudos to them. They're not the first ones who've done it. You know, one of the other PC ones has already incorporated that. But I'm glad that they're just taking it and saying, you know what, that's just a great idea. It's what we need to do. And then putting it in there. And then also with those front cameras was another feature, once again, it's already been done in some of the PC ones, is you can use those front cameras to map the room. So it'll memorize everything and everything in the room, where it is, et cetera, in coordination with you, correlation with you. And then you can play the game, and if you're getting close to hitting something or doing anything, it can warn you, kind of step you back, show you in like little lines and stuff where your perimeter is while you're playing the game so you don't screw anything up. Once again, really, really cool. It's not something I need. I'm not, I don't know what these clowns are doing when they're playing VR and how they're flopping all over like crazy fish. I don't really get it. 
it must happen a lot because all the once again these other podcasts I listen to, they're like, eh, it's just a mandatory feature we needed. Oh, I was, I was breaking TVs and falling over tables, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing when you're playing these things? I I stand in one spot and move accordingly. I'm not jumping and running and back flipping around, or I don't understand what's happening. Maybe I'm not VRing right. I don't know. It's possible. But I just don't see why you need that. But whatever, I'll take it. <laughs> Two things then. Okay, so one, were you the guy who played the Wii and just like sat on the couch and just went? Eh, yes, eh, eh, yes, eh. I okay, cheated. So clearly, clearly, you're not VRing right because you didn't Wii right. But <laughs> the second thing is, I am in the same boat as you. Obviously, I haven't done VR. I haven't even experienced it. But I saw it and I went, "That's cool." But that I would never need that because you know, I'm I'm a pretty reserved guy. If I'm Already not able to see my surroundings on just a regular flailing my arms around basis. I'm not just going to be wilding out, going crazy. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be, you know, maybe like turn Tighten in a control. circle and move my arms this way. And I would never be like taking steps forward or backward or around or left or right. I just feel like I, I would never do that. I would always just be controller Jones and then, you know, do the look. Mm-hmm. I would never be like, oh, I'm gonna here I go. I'm moving around now. And that's the same with me. I always keep my arms tucked, and I always do tight and controlled moves whenever I'm playing VR. Yeah. I'm always, in the back of my mind, cognizant of the fact that there's things outside of the game. Especially for me, I have kids and stuff. So if one of them, because they, you know, they don't think, so they get excited because I'm doing something. They jump in there. Well, if I'm flailing my arms around, I'm going to bash one of these kids with my elbow. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going full speed, that kid's done. Out, laid out, you know. So it's just something I think about, and I'm not out there going crazy playing these games. And then VR is literally in the garbage inside of five seconds. You just blasted a lady in the face. That's done. You're done. Throw it away. We're never doing it again. True. Exactly. So, but you know, I don't know. Once again, cool that it's there. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to use it. I hope you can turn it off because I want to get immersed. We've talked about this a million times. When I'm playing VR, I want to be in that world. I want to be gone in it. I don't want yellow lines or warning symbols appearing that, you know, my couch is right here and I'm getting, you know, within two feet of it. Be careful, that kind of stuff. I get it for others. I don't want it for me. Maybe circumstances will change if there's ever, like, anything that's, like, critically important that I have to know about right there. But for now, cool it's there. Don't care. I'm sure it's got to be, like, a like a, a necessary pop-up. As you get closer, maybe it, like fades up through the graphics on the floor that's what i would assume instead of it's just there's a grid everywhere i, can, yeah, I can't no, imagine it's not like always that. there no yeah. it's not always there it, it is indeed what you're talking about when you get too close within a certain parameter and then it pops up yeah, and yeah. gives you the little warning so, see, that it's there you'd be fine regardless so i, I that's I, true yeah. you're right you're, i think you're that, that one's a non-issue but like we said it's cool that they're dropping more features in there features that people are looking for and like i said more features in vr means more possibility of me being interested and getting into it getting more people into it which will let them put more features into it because now it's popular and build it up and build it up and now we're getting you know last of us 3 vr eric you can be playing last of us in vr i'm not gonna play that game but you know i'll play (laughs) other games that are really good not that one uh, I will say this too. They also said, you know, and, and look forward to the coming days when they're going to announce a bunch more games and a bunch more stuff, because they're promising. What was it, twenty games or something for launch? It was something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's crazy for the PSVR. It just has me very excited. I know this isn't going to be the one that changes, you know, and turns the tables and everyone's in VR for. But I think this step that they're taking with this one's going to be very big, and I think it's going to be worth the while. And I think, you know, maybe two more down the road, that's when Matt will finally come in and VR is going to be the real big deal when we're like 55-ish or so. Well, we've already talked about it when they teased it a little bit during one of the PlayStation showcases with Resident Evil Village Mm -hmm. VR and Resident Evil 4 Remake VR. Once you start putting big franchises into VR like they are starting to do now... I think that will start to be like a little bit of a snowball effect, or at least could be. Yeah. Because as it is now, there's like two properties that I want to play in VR, like across every platform. But if you start making big games in there, games that I have experience with that I would like to experience in a new way, 
maybe this starts to be it. Who knows? We'll have to see. We will see, indeed. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to dropping six, seven hundred dollars, whatever it ends up costing, to get into that bad boy. And of course, something we missed, Matt. It was going on for weeks, and we'll briefly just, you know, if there's anything which we've already, we are, you know, spoiler alert. There probably really wasn't much, but San Diego <laughs> Comic Con 2022 came out. And I learned two things that I, well, two, maybe three things that I cared about, Matt. One, that I don't really care about San Diego Comic-Con, so that's kind of a dead dream for me. I don't really need to go because after looking and watching and seeing panels and stuff, I'm not, that's just not my world. So I guess I can t- take that one off the bucket list. I agree and I disagree because just from name value alone, it is something we should do. Just like BlizzCon. BlizzCon Blizzard has one thing I care about, but we still have to go. Because it's BlizzCon. If, if it's a bad E3 and there's nothing we care about, you still got to go because it's E3. So you still have to go. But I agree that I'm not as immersed in comic book culture, comic book movies so much anymore. But, I mean, they do talk about, come on, they did stuff about all about the uh, Lord of the Rings series. You love that. If you were there, you'd be, like, geeking and throwing your hands in the air and going squee. So Maybe. Maybe I feel like man. I feel like this was a... I don't want to say subpar, but for me, a not-so-interesting San Diego uh-huh. Comic Con. Because there have been ones in the past where all kinds of stuff I love is there. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Look at that reveal. Look at this trailer. Right now, I'm not so hyped on much. So for me, it wasn't too much. Yeah, I feel like in the olden days, they kind of uh, dipped heavily into a lot of other stuff. Like gaming and other things that I was very much interested in. This year was really just a ton about comics movies D stuff like that and of course speaking of D, that was one of the ones i was interested in they had the brand new trailer for a D movie that i had no idea was even happening yeah so i was like cool now i remember that other D movie that came out a long time ago and that was not cool it was not good all right i mean it looks kind of cool i never saw it i never saw it at the time but it looks it was like not that cool it looks like you know i mean we had a shift of monthly topic ages ago about video game movies Mm-hmm. Some of those are fun to watch now, not for like being cinematic masterpieces, but for being just fun and just look at this, look at this, look at this moment in time. For that, I would watch it. <laughs> so I've seen clips of that D and D movie, and I go, you know what? I'd watch this. This looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But this one, from what I've seen from the one trailer, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I've never played D and D, but I like typical fantasy tropes and stuff, and that's where it all came from. So. Looks good. Looks like a good cast and a fun time so far. Yeah, I like the goofy, lighthearted nature of it. You know, they got the uh, mm-hmm. the where was it the where owl? Yeah, yeah. Where bear? Like no, no. Where bear? Where bear? Where bear? Where owl? Something like that. Whatever. I thought that was fun and silly, and it kind of harkened back to you know my old D and D days where I was playing with somebody who just could not play a standard campaign. They always had to be ridiculous. Had to do something silly and dumb that make. Almost doesn't make sense, but it is within the rules and parameters. And that, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. They're kind of making that as like kind of the fun joke. Yeah, we'll even let you do that. You know what I mean? Just here here you go. Have fun with it. So I was interested in it. That felt like it might be some fun. And then, of course, sticking on that, Will of Time at this got, uh, got put greenlit for a third season. We haven't, the second season isn't even nowhere near out. It's not even been like even talked about really at all yet. And boom, we're green lighting, freaking season three. And I don't know how to feel because I'm happy. I love Wheel of Time. This isn't Wheel of Time, though. It's in the same universe as Wheel of Time, but it isn't actually the story that I read. They're changing like almost everything up, and that's fine. So I'm like, I had a hell with it. You know what? I'm going to enjoy this just as some crazy offshoot story that's inside of my Wheel of Time environment that's exactly how you're supposed to be eric that's what i've talked about with properties that i love like it's not max Payne, but it was pretty good it's not this but it's a retelling of that story exactly i'm okay with it it's a different branch it's a different take on it so why not and i (laughs) i did think about that because i saw that on the list of things that got announced and i went wheel of time season three I didn't even know there was a season two yet. Well, <laughs> there's not. Apparently, there's not even the season two yet. <laughs> not yet. So apparently, they're happy with it, which is cool. Because if they're excited and they feel like it's a, a strong product, then it's got to at least be worth watching. So I'm happy about it. And I mean, regardless, it's nice to hear about series getting renewed instead of canceled. Because I feel like that's what we get every other week. 
hey, this show that everybody loved, it's canceled. And then Twitter gets up in an uproar. Well, here, there's something people like. Here's more of it. Have more. Enjoy. Exactly. So for me, that was it. There's some other things in there. I was Like I told you earlier, um, Todd McFarlane announced another Batman Spawn crossover where they're going to duke it out. Cool. But I'm never going to read it. But I, I think it's cool. I'm glad it exists. But, uh, but that's it. That's all I, that I saw I cared about. Yeah. I mean, I flipped through it real quick just to see about any gaming stuff. And the only thing that I saw and then wished I hadn't seen, hey, Gotham Knights, the Batgirl reveal trailer. Okay, I watched it. Some cool stuff. And then she did a big old spinny AOE giant attack. And I went, that's not what, no, I just had this conversation with Eric last week. I'm not going to pound the desk because my nice mouse is right there. I'm going to move it and still not pound the desk. But regardless, I saw it and I went, maybe, maybe this will give me the, no, it didn't give me what I wanted. So, yeah. I think it's just out, Matt. I think you might as well just go ahead and put that one to rest. And that's okay because there's so many other games, Matt. Just let just put it to rest. Let it go to sleep. You're not wrong because there are so many other games uh-huh. from the Annapurna Interactive Showcase that was just today as we're recording this. And I went into it thinking, eh, you know, they might show like one or two things that might be cool. And then I thought to myself, but Annapurna Interactive does all the cool stuff. Everything they do is unique in some kind of way. It's usually indie level. That's all my kind of stuff. There are so many stars and underlines on this damn list, Eric. Things that I had seen before that I had no interest in, and then I watched the reveal of it. Like, I'm starting it off. I don't even care what you have to say because I'm going to start off with Thirsty Suitors. I saw the demo on Steam, and I was like, what is this? Some kind of relationship game? I don't know. Not my kind of thing. And then they went into talking about it, where you this character who moved away from her small town. Now she's back. And she has to deal with and, and fight her exes. And I went, ha, ha, ha. But then they said, but you have to deal with their perspective of how the past went. And I went, that's interesting. And then, like, you level up your thirst Sona and you get these abilities. And, like, the way that you role play in the game gives you different, like, you see in the little trailer, she gets, like, a heartbreaker perk or trait. So if you play super cold-hearted, you'll start getting that kind of stuff. I don't know how deep any of this goes. I don't know if you spend a lot of time in their like recreations of the past or you, they just have a dialogue sequence about it, but it perked my interest. There's a lot of cool aspects of this game. And, you know, she's reconnecting with her parents who were immigrants to this country and are still very traditional and are trying to deal with that still. So lots of cool story aspects to it. It feels like life is strange again. I looked at it and I went, this isn't going to be for me. And then I heard more about it and I went, maybe I'm really going to enjoy this too. I don't know. Let me tell you, man, the cat's out of the bag. You know, we've been keeping a secret as long as we could. But here it is. Annapurna brought it out today. You know, our German studio, Third Shift. <laughs> I was going to save that till like, dead last. <laughs> they finally announced the game that we've been working on here at Third Shift Incorporated. Woo, forever ago. And you know what? You knew, you should know that this was one I was creating because... I'm talking about doing it in real life soon. It's true. You know, we bought the RV. Me and the wife are going to travel Allegedly. across the whole, you know, United States. Oh, you know, it's going to happen. Allegedly. No, I don't even. It doesn't exist. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's, that's it right. Exist. I just proved the dog exists. I didn't prove the RVs really yet. Uh-huh. Oh man, what we'll to fix that? So you know, I intend to travel this country and, and go see all the sites and do all the things. And of course, our boys over in Germany. They announced they're making Forever Ago, which is the story of me when I'm older going across the U.S. in his little RV and just experiencing stuff. And I don't know how detailed it's going to be yet because, you know, better minds than me are working on it at our Third Shift Incorporated Studios. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic, though, just driving through the desert, coming out, camping, and I can see it now. Then the next day you're going through these great redwood forests or whatever it is. And it looks like in the, in the trailer there was like some lightning and storming. So there's situations where you were going to camp, but things don't go right, and you got to get back to you know your RV, I'm assuming, or whatever, or find shelter some other place if you're too far away. I don't know all the details yet, but I know I'm interested. I know this is a game that I want to keep my eyes on, especially since it's from our boys over there in Germany. You know we got to play this. You know we got to follow it. You know we got to pay attention to it because we got to support Third Shift. Over there in Germany. Now, I know it is obviously a bit, but when Third Shift came up on the screen, like I got a cold chill like in my gut, and I went, what? And I looked at it, I'm like, third, and then they like didn't introduce, they introduced themselves like in little vignettes, and I was like, 
you sons, you sons of bitches. Uh-huh. Like we're in Germany, you German sons of bitches. And then they showed the game, and I went, oh, you guys are all right because this looks like my kind of game, like a chill kind of road trip and game, you know, atmospheric stuff, beautiful graphics, you know. And then you know, one of them looks like he's even bald. So I'm like, well, of course, there's one, there's one third shift bald and one third shift hair. Mm-hmm. So we are the absolute mirror images of these guys. I just got to slim down and look like that dude. You know, you got you're bald with the tattoos. Yeah. You got to start water. Well, you water your plants. I got, I you got, do you water got your plants, vegetable yeah. plants mm-hmm. and stuff. That's, there we go. So they're us. They're just us in Germany, and it's okay. They're doing video games. <laughs> We're doing podcasting. Yes. So we gotta maybe up our game. You know, we gotta we gotta come up with something even more clever. Maybe we'll have them on when the game launches. And oh, that would be about so funny. Podcast. That'd be so awesome. That would be incredible. Gosh, man, that's a good idea. Whew. Keep just keep keep posted, everybody. Just keep posted. But speaking of studios that we love and support, a studio that I have loved for years and have supported for years, literally as they released their first and only game so far. They talked to Cardboard Computer. The guys who made Kentucky Route Zero, which I loved and played as it released over all the different years, they didn't have much to say. They talked a little bit about the history of the studio, showed like a tiny glimpse of the tech behind one of their next games, but knowing that they're working on a new game, and like the little bit we saw was kind of atmospheric, like this is a little tiny, like miniature clip. Knowing what they did with Kentucky Route Zero, and knowing that this one will have a more faster-paced take, I want to see what they can do, because I know they do good stuff. And that, that, was, that was the line I was going to make with the Germans. You know the Germans always make good stuff from the ShamWow guy. Come on. But I know Cardboard Computer does make good stuff, so I'm excited to see what they have in store. Well, another one for me, Matt, was Bounty Star, The Morose Tale of Graveyard Clan by Dino God. Yes. I, I don't have a clue who Dino God is. Nope. But I can tell you right now, this game looked really cool. Yeah. Western, Old West style, but she's in a mech. And you're just wrecking shops, shooting things, going to town. I was sold instantly. I went, this mm-hmm. just looks freaking amazing. Just, I can't wait. I want, I want to know what Clem's doing. What, why are we doing this? Why are we fighting? What's going on in this game? I am excited to be piloting this mech. It just kind of gave me that Overwatch vibe, except Wild West and cool, and it's all focused on the mech. I'm, I'm, I was blown away. I was like, cause I didn't expect. Let's be frank. When I said let's watch Annapurna Showcase, I was like, this will be Matt's thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like any of this, but okay, I'll do it, because why the hell not, right? So, woo, man, third shift's over there rocking and rolling. Dino God's rocking and rolling. It's feeling good. Yeah, I 100% agree with this one, because I saw the, saw the title come up, and I was thinking of, like, some old prospector, some old zombie Old West person, and then it was a cool Old West gunslinger girl and her mech. And I went, that's two things that I love right there. Smash them together. Now, from what we saw, the mech combat didn't look super deep to me, but it looked no. like Steambot Chronicles, kind of like, mm-hmm. kind of like a Metal Slug type of thing, and right, it yeah. it just looked fun. And I, like we said, love the genres, love mechs, love Old West. I want to see what happens. Obviously, she must have some kind of dark past, or you know, lost her crew, and is maybe she's fighting zombie versions of them because now they've come back. Who knows? But everything about it, I was excited for. Another thing that I know is not on Eric's list. But it's on my list. It's Flock. The tagline was gather your friends. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. this, but it was cute animals everywhere. And you were like a person who flies around and then you like go see the sheep. And then the sheep just start flying around with you. I don't know anything about this, but just the little biomes they showed and like weird creatures, familiar creatures, and then totally weird alien creatures. I wanted to go around every single one of those things and just hang out with these things. I don't know. It was adorable. Gather your adorable friends. That's what I'm going to be doing. I have no idea what this is about. I mean, it looked sort of, in, in a couple of those scenes, like post-human, like maybe like, because there was like graffiti on some old busted down things, and then these uh-huh. weird little creatures with like made the little honk noise were coming out of it. Is humanity gone? Are you just roaming up around like doing a Noah's Ark type of thing after humanity's gone and gathering up these creatures? I don't know. But it was adorable, and it made me smile. I don't care. I ain't ashamed of it. Well, I'll tell you this. I ain't never playing it, Matt, but it did make me smile. Just watching them just freaking cheap just start flying away and those weird little naked things to come. And then they just ducked back down. I was yeah. like, what in the hell is going on? And I smiled because it was colorful. It was ridiculous. It wasn't making any sense to me. I went, that's neat. But I'm not touching it. But I'll tell you what, they did a good job. And that does look like a good time. And, of course, they ended it for me with something great. 
one, another one that I had no idea was coming. The Lost Wild from Grade 8 Games. Mm-hmm. It's like a, this is it. This is a dinosaur survival horror game. Yeah. They've done it. It's coming out. I can't wait to sit there. It looks like you just got a compass, flashlight. You know, it looks like you had a flare at one point. But so you're just finding these basic things just to survive. And the whole time you're looking around, there's dinosaurs just traversing this jungle scenery you're in. And you don't want to get killed, stomped on, eaten, whatever the case may be. But these dinosaurs, they don't care about that. And if they spot you, find you, who knows what's going to happen. And several times... You know, they showcased your, I don't know, it didn't look like as big as a Tyrannosaurus, didn't look as small as a raptor, so whatever the hell it is. Like an Allosaurus or something in between. Yeah, just kind of stalking you, hunting you down. But they also showed like a Stegosaurus, you know, off in the the distance. And another dinosaur you never even saw what it was completely shuffling in the greenery. Mm -hmm. And just that fear and your heavy breathing and you just running and trying to get away and... I was like, dang, this is this has the potential to be fantastic. And God, you know me, I love my survival horror games and I love dinosaurs. What what kid didn't love dinosaurs? So mm-hmm. as a, this could shape up to be phenomenal. That's what I was thinking too. Is I, I love dinosaurs. So anything with dinosaurs, it's already got to step up on things that don't. And then, you know, I'm not a big survival horror guy. I'm not a big like it put me in the mind of like survival games where oh there's dinosaurs mm-hmm. around and you craft things and you build things. When that character picked up the, I think it was a flashlight first, and then the flare, and you saw their arm grab it and do actions to light the flare, and when they ran to the door, they pulled the handle, it made me think of Alien Isolation. Uh And I went, if they can do anything like that in this forest with these dinosaurs or this weird compound or whatever you're in, I'm 100% in, because that's what it made me think of, and if it's anything like that, I'm 100% going to buy it. I hope it doesn't come out this year, because then I'd break my New Year's resolution, but... For that game, I would bend the rules. And there's two other games that I'm going to mention here that probably, they're probably not going to be Eric games either, but a game that I have heard the name of before, but I had no idea what it was. They showed it off here coming to PC, Hohokam. Again, this is a game, I don't understand how to play this. I don't understand what it's about, but it's bright and it's colorful and it's musical and it made me smile. You were like a weird, squiggly line dude with an eyeball and it showed it just floating through these worlds and these environments. And then occasionally it would like, when you crossed over some friends, they would just jump on the line with you. And it was musical and it was colorful and it made me smile. And I went, I got to find out what this is. How is this playing? Is it a rhythm game? Is it just an adventure fly around and see cool stuff and listen to music game? I don't know, but I'm interested in it. And another game they showed almost nothing of. It's a game called Uvula. Why am I interested in this game? Because of the text that came up on screen. The next game from Keita Takahashi, the creator of Katamari Damacy. Anything that man makes, I will at least pay attention to. Maybe I, ha- maybe I won't play it. I do have Wadham. I haven't played that yet. But anything he makes, I have to look at and has to be on the radar. This is a new one from him. So a lot of cute things from this Annapurna Interactive Showcase. A couple serious things. So a good mix overall, I thought. Yeah, I was actually very impressed. I went in thinking nothing of it, and then I came out going, wow, there's a few games I actually want to play and want to keep track of. So good on you, Annapurna. I didn't have, I had no idea they had so many uh, games in the pot and all yeah. over the freaking world, too. I That blows my mind. I had no idea that they, they were overseeing so many smaller development little companies and or contracting out, whatever the case may be. Mm. I didn't know it was that deep. So that's really cool to see. And now I look forward to, you know, seeing what they're going to bring me in the future. Absolutely. What about you out there in podcast listener land? Are you just as hyped as we are? I feel like this is another one of those good episodes where we watch a thing and like, look at all these things. I got to keep this list next to my computer monitor now so I know what to look for, what to wish list, all that stuff. So you out there in podcast listener land, let us know if this was that for you. Did you find some stuff to wish list? Are you going to look up the trailers for the things we talked about and then wish list it? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook on the Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us over there on the old Facebook, and you can find us at Patreon. Dun, 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 dun. Yep, you can head over there if you like what we're doing, you want to support us, keep the lights on, paying those bills, do what we need to do. You can throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks our way. It's a little old tip jar. As I've said a million bajillion times, anything and all things very much appreciated. If you can't throw money our way, you can go to Twitch. You can go throw your Prime sub our way. Get us going in that route. That's always an option. 
You can also, as Matt suggested, send in a mailbag question, something you want to discuss, something you want us to discuss, questions, whatever the case may be. You could do that, or you can go give us five-star ratings. There's so many options and ways to help us help you, and we'd appreciate it if you took a little spare time to do any one of those things, or all of them. Of course, and we would also appreciate you listening to the very next episode, which should be dropping on the 4th of August, unless something else weird comes up as it has for the past, like, six weeks, but I don't think it will. So regardless of when it comes up, you can check out that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate it so very much, just as we appreciate them five-star reviews. Get on over there. And give us a five-star review so Matt can then awkwardly look at his phone to see if we've gotten one and then we could talk about it. But you can't unless you do that for us. It'd be very great. I already looked. I'm not awkwardly looking now because I looked before the show. <laughs> so I would be prepared so you couldn't razz me. Dang it. <laughs> but yes, please do send us some five-star reviews because it makes us more popular and everybody loves us more. And then the Germans will be like, hey, what's the third shift I keep hearing more about? Did they mm-hmm. did they launch after we did? Oh, crap. They've been a long, around for a long time. Hey, guys, we love, we love what you do. We love your work. They'll give us a five-star review. If you exactly. do it, start the ball rolling. Get the snowball rolling down the hill. This is like the fifth, third shift that's popped up since we've existed. That's so, true. You know, <laughs> just saying, we got we got to get our onesies. We got to get our number ones in. And if y'all don't give us some reviews and five stars, we ain't gonna get big enough to where they all recognize that we're the true the one and only. It's the real deals. All right. <laughs> don't make us second and third fiddles. All right. Don't do it to us. They did have a cool owl logo. I was like, man, that's pretty slick. I like it. It was good. It was good. Very nice. But until we are acknowledged as the one true third shift in this world that we live in right now, there's nothing else to say. But don't forget, don't forget to say. say.